Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Am I live? Can you hear me? Hello. Is anyone out there? It says that is picking up my mic. Yes. Hello there. How are you? All right. Now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Had a very busy weekend, but a good busy, but busy all the same. I'm not a big fan of doing things. <laughs> so, um, it was a lot, but it was all very good stuff and a lot of fun. So, and now I'm here talking to you people, talking to everyone. How is everyone else doing? I have my Diet Coke, so I'm channeling my uh, my Jay Baker. All right, we'll just give it a, a few more minutes. We got people, uh, people coming in. Right. I hear stuff outside. I don't know if my mic's picking it up, but hopefully it's not. So today we'll be talking about a you know a light topic of um, feeling abandoned by God. So, <laughs> and then we'll solve all the world's problems. Everyone, just kidding. We won't, but hopefully we'll navigate it. Okay. I am speaking today, as you could see. Um, as far as um. Hey, Steve. All right. Hopefully we do some good here. Hopefully we do some good. Um, today is uh, Minnie's birthday, so they're doing birthday stuff and I am here. So we could we could get started. Why not? Why not? So um, there's. There's a few things that like triggered the talk that we're we're going to have today. Um, <laughs> some of it is from Paul Simon, some of it's from Star Wars, but it's all what's like making me think to have this talk today. Um, the Paul Simon bit is that, um, in the song, uh, from the album Graceland, which is, it could be my favorite album of all time. I'm not sure it's up there, but there's the song you could call me Al. And the song starts out with um, a man walks down the street is wondering why he's so soft in the middle when the rest of his life is so hard. And if that was, if there was ever a line that summed up where, where the times we're living in now with the pandemics and isolation and quarantine and um, we've got politics, pandemic shootings, gas prices, um, you're like everything in my life is so hard except for like my gut, which is very soft. So I'm very, you know, like, because we just keep, for me at least just keep growing because we're just isolated and can't do anything except for, uh, eat and complain. Right. So I, I, that just made me laugh when I was, I was hearing it, but then it's like, yeah, everything seems so hard except for, um, my stomach. But, um, but then we start to, it's. I think it's impossible to not feel um, 
abandoned by God at times like this. And, um, and right off the bat, like, I wish I had answers and I wish I had silver linings, but, um, I don't because I don't think it's that easy, but I think that in all of this mess that we can find some hope and we can find ways to not beat ourselves up over it as much, um, as we probably do. And the main thing in this talk is that I want people to know when they are feeling abandoned by God, that they are not alone in this feeling. They're not alone in general, but especially in this feeling, they're not alone. So, um, <clears throat> there's the new star Wars show out. Don't worry. I won't get into spoilers. Everything I'm going to talk about takes place in like the first four minutes of the first episode. So, um, but the new Obi-Wan Kenobi show and it, the, the revenge of the Sith, which is the uh, episode three, it ends on a note in which Yoda is telling Obi-Wan Kenobi that your former master has found a way to commune with the living, even though he's, he's been dead. He's found a way to keep in, <laughs> keep in touch basically. And so when the show opens up, it's all these years later and Obi-Wan is still trying to talk to his master, Qui-Gon Jinn for fellow star Wars nerds out there. So, um, but not getting any answer. He's asking over and over, where are you? I need your help. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And so seeing this tired, beaten down man that used to know exactly what he believed in and exactly what he, um, his priorities were and everything is now just like in a desert alone being like, master, where are you? Like, come on, come on. And so, um, all of these things combined. And then, uh, my favorite song probably of all time is the song called walking is still honest by this band, uh, against me. Great punk band, my favorite. And, uh, in that law in that song, um, she sings a line of, can anybody tell me why God won't speak to me? And that I heard that probably back in 2001 and it registered like it um, resonated so much that it's still my favorite. So this is something I've been wrestling with for over 20 years. Um, so all these things, I was like, you know what? I want to speak about this stuff. And so, um, and I think a, a reason why that the Obi-Wan stuff um, affected me so much is because for years now, I find myself very bored and disinterested um, in stories that only focus as on Jesus as God or like on the divine parts of Jesus. And I'm not saying that Jesus is not divine. I'm only saying that that storyline is very um, boring to me and it doesn't speak to me because I I cannot relate to perfection. I can't relate to God, but I can relate to flaws and doubt and insecurity and depression. So enter movies like last temptation of Christ, which we have talked about um, Jesus Christ, superstar, all that stuff where it's focused stuff that is kind of like shot down because it does not talk about the divine nature of Jesus. But to me, it registers so much because like, no, I, this is, I get this guy. <laughs> um, so, so it's like, give me those stories. Give me the stories of the, 
the um, the people that are lost and confused. Like, give me give me this Obi Wan, you know that that we're dealing with now, rather than the the other Obi Wans we we've dealt with. So uh, often in church or just being raised in a Christian faith and a Christian environment, um, we get robbed of these types types of stories a lot um, because we see a lot of times that doubt, um, doubt in your faith or feeling abandoned by God, um, that you're doing something wrong. It's your lack of faith. Um, and, and on occasion we'll get sermons about like, um, about doubting Thomas, but how, how he wasn't really doubting and it was actually a strength to him. Or, um, we'll get stories about how, even though Peter is sinking in the water and Jesus is saying, Oh, ye of little faith, but still Peter got out of the boat. So we will get some stories about that aren't as condemning us for our lack of faith or struggling with it. Um, but those are pretty few and far between. And so it's hard to get constant comfort through stories like that. When a lot of the times we're just seen as uh, no one wants to talk about, they feel abandoned. They feel um, that God's not with them. They don't know what they believe because that's just almost, it's not like condemned, but it is not, it's all like, no, you don't, don't talk about that. Like, come on. You know, it's, and so we, when we isolate uh, as we're seeing now with, actual having to isolate the last few years um we start to feel very alone and then the but the more we talk about stuff we go oh i feel that you feel that too i feel that same way um and so by treating this topic as tab taboo we really do ourselves a disturb uh a disservice because we all feel this way um and if we keep it hidden that's where we could start to resent the faith we could resent God, we could resent and hate ourselves. Um, we'll feel judged and alone um, that we have no one to talk to. And all this kind of causes division uh, and separation. But when we actually talk about it, that's where we could all come together and find common ground. Like, Oh, you feel abandoned. I feel abandoned. Okay. I'm not alone. And that in itself will give us some hope in a topic that there really is not that much hopeful feelings in. And, um, and to the extent that when I was preparing for this talk, I put uh, a story up on Instagram and it was like, you know, any, anything that you want me to try to talk about, let me know. Um, and I will. And then I had some discussions with friends and the, the scripture of Jesus saying like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That came up. And my friend said, um, I cling to, to that one more than I'd like to admit. And I understood where she was coming from, but I was like, no, admit it. Like, do, do not be afraid to admit it. That's, this is where the, the help and the healing lies. Admit it. Like, because we all feel that way. And so um, for in today's talk, we will be jumping all around the Bible Um which in itself shows how common of an issue this is. It's not just designated to one book of the Bible or one person. It spans the whole Bible generations and thousands of years. Um, so we'll, we'll spend a lot of time in Ruth. We'll spend a little bit of time in Samuel, 
uh, we'll talk about the various heroes of the old and new um, testaments. And then um, because this, the, this feeling that we have and we share together feeling abandoned by God is as old as time. Like that's one of the things that you could say is literally as old as time itself is that feeling. Um, and we will also be talking about um, the cartoon Futurama. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> as much as I would like to talk about um, scriptures of that will say like, God will never abandon you. You're never alone. God is always with you. I would love to say that, but I would feel a bit dishonest because there are scriptures like scriptures in Isaiah in which God themselves says, I did abandon you for a little bit, but now I'm back and I won't do it again. And so for there to be scriptures of God saying that he has abandoned people, how I'm not comfortable in saying like, yeah, but no, this scripture says you'll never be abandoned. Cause it's, it's like literally God's saying this in the Bible. Um, and so, and on top of that, there are 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament in which nothing really happens. There's no prophets. There's no revelations through scripture. And so if there is those 400 years and there's also God saying, I have abandoned people, I'm not confident to say like, no, this scripture says you're never alone. Um, because between the time of Malachi and Malachi and John the Baptist, there's a very big, um, silence. And of course it goes without saying that just because there was no prophecies or no revelations, that doesn't mean that God has abandoned us, that the, it doesn't equal that. But in the same breath, if someone is like, oh, I'm always here for you. But every time you reach out to them, they're never around. They never respond. They never show you they're around. Even though they're there, it's going to feel exactly the same as being abandoned. <laughs> so um, and then who, who knows? This is not even a theory. I'm just saying literally who knows what if we're in another like 400 year Esque period of nothing really happening, no prophecies, no signs from God or anything. So I can't focus on any of that. Um, but what I could focus on is the stuff that unites us and makes us not feel alone. Um, so let's focus on us, shall we? Um, so the the most important thing is that feeling abandoned by God is completely normal. Like sincerely it is, it's completely normal and everyone experiences it, um, including all our biblical heroes. So this is not even all of them. This is like Jesus does. We know that for a fact because he cries out literally, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Moses feels it. King Saul feels it. David, Elijah, Naomi, Gideon, Isaiah, Joshua, Solomon, Job, like Job literally has uh, like, um, besides his whole story, Job is literally says like, he's no, God is nowhere to be found. When I look to the North, he must be to the South. And when I look to the South, he must be to the North because he is nowhere to be found. John the Baptist, Jonah, Jacob, Jeremiah, Abraham, 
all these people have wrestled with the same thing that we are wrestling with now. So it's not just Peter before he gets out of the boat or, or doubting Thomas. We're talking about like these heavy hitters are, have struggled. So if you're feeling this way, you're look at the company that you're in, you know, like you're not bad. You're not wrong. You're not backslidden. Um, and like, we're all on the same level as these, these people. And another important thing that we could see from that list is it does not matter the level of faith that you have or the works that you've done or seen miracles you've seen. Um, because if Elijah, Moses and Jesus and David have all felt this way, think of what they all have done and what they have seen and what they've witnessed and been around and they, they still felt it. So it doesn't matter it. If you've witnessed and seen things, it doesn't matter um, if you're a pastor or just, you know, someone in the congregation, if you are um, high or low, like every, everybody feels this regardless. So we're all on equal ground here with this feeling. Um, and another very, very, very important thing is that in all of these stories with all of these people in the Bible, no one has ever judged for their lack of faith or feeling abandoned. You know, the, the one exception you could say is maybe Job, but Job also um, is more put in his place because of the attitude in which he approaches God about it. It's not that he feels abandoned, but he's just very like, not quite like F you God, but like not far from it to the extent that God is like, who do you think you are? Like, you don't know where the wind or, or, uh, originates from. I know, like, you don't know where the sun goes when it's night nighttime. Like I know where it goes. You don't. So like, watch yourself, stay in your lane. Like, but besides that, like nobody's really ever judged or smited for their lack of faith, um, belittled or, or anything. A lot of times, um, they're comforted, right? Like, it's like, don't be afraid, you know, um, rise up. Like I'm with you. Uh, don't be scared. So there's a lot, there's a lot of comfort, but there's no judging. So why are, why do people judge us? Or maybe sometimes we judge other people when they're feeling this lack of um, faith and, and feeling abandoned by God, because none of these, these people that I listen in the Bible were ever shamed for it. And they are big, big names. So, um, so no one um, is above feeling like this, and you know I don't, <laughs> I don't want to speak in absolutes, but I will this time, and I will say that anybody that tells you that they don't feel abandoned by God and they never have felt abandoned by God, or they're not having like a crisis of faith, is either in denial or they're lying to you. Everybody, because everybody has felt this. The, what we're experiencing now is that these things used to be these fleeting dark nights of the soul, but now those dark nights are just stretching on for years and years and years. And so that makes it a lot um, more difficult uh, for us. So um, the first example we're going to look at um, in this idea that nobody is above feeling this way is we're going to look at John the Baptist and uh, I know I don't normally actually read quotes from the Bible, but I am going to do this time. So in Luke 7, 
This is what Jesus himself says about John the Baptist. He goes, um, a prophet? Yes. I tell you, John is more than a prophet. This is written about him. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare, um, who will prepare the way for you. I tell you, John is greater than any other person ever born, but even the least important person in the kingdom of God is greater than John, you know, so it does go to the, the lowest shall be first and stuff. But he says at the time where he's talking to people, he says, I tell you, John is greater than any other person ever born. And so John the Baptist, who is either metaphorically Elijah, who is preparing the way for, for the Messiah, or he is, qu could quite possibly be the literal reincarnation of Elijah, because there's some scriptures that point to that. So if he, if he's metaphorically or literally Elijah, um, he when he's in jail, he's feeling alone and he sends people out to talk to Jesus and being like, John wants to know, like, are you really who you say you are or are we waiting for somebody else? And so if the greatest person who ever lived in Jesus's own words is feeling this, this like doubt and this abandonment, especially when he's in jail, he knows death is right around the corner and he's just like, he sends his guys out like, please go talk to Jesus. Ask him if he is who he says he is, please. Cause I need, I need to know I'm struggling right now. Um, so, uh, and then speaking of Elijah too, we have Elijah who performed massive, massive miracles. We're talking about he, he shut off the heavens and created a, a famine. He's rained fire down from heaven. He killed the prophets of Baal. He's literally outrun a horse on foot. Um, he parted seas like Moses did, right? He throws his cloak down and the seas part. And then he's in a cave, like later on in his life, scared to death, feeling alone and abandoned, being like, God, uh, just let me die. If you're not going to be with me, just let me die. Um, so these are such big names and they're feeling exactly how we feel like that is. I find that as encouraging because it's like, oh, maybe I'm not so like crappy for this. Like maybe I'm not so such a lacking in faith. So um, backslidden. And, you know, and then we have um, you have King David, who at a time was willing to go out and fight this giant of a man in which everybody all like complete armies were scared of. But David's like, I'll go out there, no armor, just give me five stones, and I got this because God's with me. So how could this giant slay me? And then fast forward a little bit later in his life, and he's literally writing psalms that I'm like, that are like, God, where are you? Like your absence from me is causing me physical pain. Like it is hurting me. And it's it resonates so much that one of David's psalms is what Jesus quotes while he's on the cross. Oh my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus is, so you have David who once was so secure and in his, uh, his faith and presence of God that is so torn up later on being like, God, where are you? And, um, that, and then Jesus, that's what he quotes on the, on the cross. So now, um, this is, 
uh, where we get into some thinking of abandonment versus the um, perception of abandonment. Um, and so this is something that I um, I struggle with because, as I said in Isaiah, um, God literally says, I did abandon you. I won't do it again, but I did abandon you. So, so there is kind of that biblical evidence that God has done this in the past. But then also we know that God uh, has a, a way of looking like they're passing us by even when they aren't. So with Moses, uh, with Moses and Elijah, um, we see almost the same story in which they're like, God, you have to show yourself to me because I am struggling. And God goes, okay, I I'll show myself to you. But what happens is don't look, close your eyes and I'm going to walk past you. And when I am past you, open your eyes and you will see like the dust that I kick up. And even that will be a little bit too much for you. But that, so like, so God reveals himself to uh, Moses and Elijah in by passing by, and you could just see the trail of where he was. And now we see this again with Jesus when he's walking on water, the scriptures say that he's walking and he sees the disciples in the boat. And he's just plans to walk past them. Now, I don't think this is a lesson. I don't, I think, I personally think that Jesus just wants to go home and he's tired and he wants to sleep, but, but still the same imagery is he, he means to pass the boat without acknowledging them. And then he hears how scared they are and um, like, and they're crying out, they're scared. So he turns around and just like goes and comforts them. We see it again with Jesus when he's sleeping in the boat and there's a crazy storm and he's content to just keep sleeping. Like he doesn't feel the need to get involved, but then everyone's so scared. So he gets up and he comes to see. So Jesus has this, um, uh, God and Jesus have a history of kind of when they're don't, when they're not like, even when they don't abandon us, that they, look like they are going to they're always walking past us but then they they turn and and comfort us and so this kind of brings us to the story uh the book of ruth and we're going to focus in on the character of naomi and because from her point of view and our point of view too as we're reading it i don't know who could deny it she feels very um abandoned by god very forsaken um, her husband dies, her two sons die. So she just is with her, um, her daughter-in-laws, one of them being Ruth. And um, so um, what happens is she even gets to the point of telling her daughter, daughter-in-laws like, go, like, like leave, you don't want to be with me. God has abandoned me. I can't do anything for you. Even if by some miracle I had more sons, are you going to wait until they're old enough to be married? Like go, go live your life because God has, has left me. And so that is her point of view on things. But then by the time the story finishes, um, Ruth leaves a child in her care and that child, um, is 
Jesse's father and Jesse is the father of David of King David in which the lineage of Jesus comes from. So, so she, she feels um, abandoned, but it like, it that's the one's like, is it just her perception or is she actually abandoned? And so <laughs> this is where we're going to talk a little bit about the show Futurama, which is, a Mac Ronin cartoon. He's the uh, the the creator of The Simpsons, and then he made the show Futurama, which I think is better than The Simpsons. But there's an episode called Godfella, like Goodfellas, but Godfellas. And um, I'll try to give a brief summary. Basically, they're in space. There's uh, one of the main characters is named Bender. And he's an alcoholic robot. <laughs> and so he's um, he's lost in space. And he encounters an asteroid field, gets hit by a small piece of asteroid. And then he looks down uh, at his chest and he sees that um, a small, like, microbacteria colony has created. And um, so basically, they are like a sentient life form. And they, in their point of view they crashed into this thing and there's a creature uh, like a being there. So they start praying to this being Bender who uh, as God, like, and so we get to see Bender try to play God to these people. And then everything that he does just turns completely bad. Like people are poor and they need money. So he gives them a coin, but they're micro bacteria. So the coin just crushes the whole, the whole town or, they're like, oh, our crops aren't growing. Please send us some some light, some sunlight. And so he reflects like star, like sunlight off of his visor and just like burns the whole city by mistake. So everything he's trying to do is causing more pain. And eventually the whole civilization that was living on this robot floating in space <laughs> dies. But Bender is still floating in space, and then he encounters a constellation of stars, almost like a Milky Way, and the stars are blinking in binary, and basically what Bender discovers is God, like that God is this binary system, and basically he he has these great conversations with God, and um, stuff kind of like, are you really God? He's, yes, I'm God. So, so you know what I'm going to do before I do it? And God's like, yes. And just, well, what if I do something different? And God's like, then I don't know that. You know, like it's very kind of a, a conversation you would picture God having where it's very like um, like philosophical and answering questions with questions. And, um, and I wrote down some quotes, um, if I could find them, that really um, stood out. So <laughs> like Bender is t talking to God and Bender goes, uh, I was God once. And God goes, I saw you were doing very well until everyone died, which is, was great. And then, um, but, but God says um, the struggle that God has, and he's telling this to Bender. If you do too much, people are dependent on you. If you do nothing, they lose hope. So you need a light touch. And when you do things right, people won't be sure that you've done anything at all. And so um, we're going to, we'll jump forward in the story in which Bender's friends on earth are trying to find Bender lost in space. 
and they get to a monastery that has a gigantic telescope. And so they, they want to use the telescope to search for, for Bender. And so there's these um, kind of like Tibetan monks that are using the telescope to look for God. And so the other characters lock the monks in a closet so they could use the, the telescope to try to find Bender. Eventually they give up and they leave and they're, they're walking away totally left the the monks in the um locked in the closet and then um god hears that they're looking for bender so god sends bender back to earth and they get reunited and the main character of the whole show his name is fry he goes oh we forgot about the the monks locked in the closet and then he's like, you know what? Never mind. I'm sure their God will will free will free them. So let's just go. And and Bender goes, <laughs> Bender goes. No, I talked to God in space, and God told me He doesn't do anything. So if we want those those monks saved, we got to save them ourselves because God's not going to do it. And so they go back and they they free the monks. And then the camera zooms out, zooms out, zooms out, zooms out to this this to God as the binary stars and God chuckles and goes, um, if you do things right, people won't be sure that you did anything at all. Implying that all of this worked out in order to save the monks from the closet. But the whole time on earth, everyone's thinking like, God's not doing anything. We have to do it. And so it's, it's interesting. And yeah, of course, it's a, a very easy answer, very convenient for us to be like, oh, no, God really is at work. We just can't see it. But that is um, something that always stuck with me. And then, you know, 20 years ago, when I was in um, college, I was at a Christian college, very new to the school. I was away from home. Probably my friends that were there maybe left for the weekend or, you know, because when you first go to um go away to college the first few weekends people that can go home are trying to go home because they're trying to adjust to being away and it was a time where i was a lot more zealous and uh kind of um more legalistic in my my faith and everything like that uh, well a lot more can compared to now and i remember thinking i wasn't having like too much of a dark night of the soul but i was feeling like homesick for my friends and then my college friends weren't there and I did pray I was like god like if you could send me a friend man this is getting dark and I I don't really I don't really like it um and so please like send me a friend and at, I'm not even joking at that time as soon as I stopped praying there was a knock on my door and I opened it and it was uh this kid that was friendly with David Kim and he goes oh what are you doing and I was like nothing's like can I come in and like hang out because I'm bored and I just need to like talk to somebody now of course, this could all be coincidental. He could have been going through the same thing I was, but he was being more active in it than I was. I was just talking to the ceiling where maybe he was like, no, I'm going to get out and, and go do something for myself. I'm going to go save these monks myself. And then, but for all I know, that was an answer to my prayer. But this opens an interesting thing about God too, in which like if David Kim was feeling the same way that I was, he was going about his life and he was like, Oh, I'm going to go look for a friend to talk to. And then me needing having a friend in need, like both our needs were met, but like our lives don't revolve around each other. So it was a very interesting thing. And it was very on par with this 
Futurama episode. So that always stuck with me um, because like, so that like are things at work behind the scenes, like, um, like, are we abandoned or is that just our point of view? And we feel like we're abandoned. And um, because what I wrestle with is kind of like the tale of two gods. (laughs) So I, I see, I, I can make sense of a God that uh, I would compare to say Dr. Manhattan from the Watchmen or silver surfer where they don't get involved in human lives. They don't stop crime. They don't do anything because their priorities are so vast and out there that like even human life, even planets like, or like um, countries and cities don't mean anything to them. Like, like silver surfer was dealing with a, a being that ate planets. Like, so, so his struggles like cosmic, you know, and same with um, Dr. Manhattan who could see all of time at once. And so humans were very trivial to him and being that he, he saw, he could see everything then bacteria on Mars is no different than human life, you know, to him. He was very, it's like he knew so much that he became closed off. And so I could see a God that is dealing with that where we're like, we're very particular, like, God, I need a friend or God, this person's sick. They need help. Please like heal this person. And, um, and where it means so much to us, but we're, we're talking also about God that is dealing with uh, what is it? 7 billion people in the world. And God, even if someone doesn't believe in God, doesn't mean that God doesn't believe in them. You know, God doesn't play favorites. He doesn't only take care of people that believe in, in him, especially because no one knows how any of this works. Like we have the Bible and we, we learn, but it's like, we're not, you know, we quote the Bible, like, but like for everyone in this chat, like we'll be like, the Bible means this, but then that's just in, on Long Island in, in New York in America, but we have people in Canada that what, so when they're thinking like, no, the Bible means this, they're just speaking from, you know, life in Canada, but it's like, it's so much bigger than that. So I could see a God that is like, here's our sincere prayers of like, please, like this person, you know, this, this child has cancer. Like you have to like do something, but like when you're that far removed, what is that prayer in the long run? So that's the one God. And then the other one that counters that and butts heads with that is the God of the Bible that says, you know, even when you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew everything about you. I know the amount of hairs on your head. Jesus says, says God takes care of the birds. They're not just dropping dead from the sky. He takes care of them. And aren't you worth more than birds to God? So you're like, you know, it's a tale of these two gods. And so that's why it's so hard to have, uh, find answers in this. And, um, and so Zoe is, is, uh, put a comment in chat that is very much the crux of, of this talk is, is there a difference between being abandoned by God and feeling abandoned by God? Because from our point of view, it's the same exact thing. And, So what I'm going to focus on now as we're starting to wrap this up is what is our role in this? What is Josh's role? What's Terry's role? What's Zoe's role um, in all of this? And what I found in my studies, especially preparing for this, is um, our role is to be there for each other, 
and to be there without judgment and to be there with grace. I know that sounds very cliche because that is the revolution like motto or mantra or our belief system, whatever you want to call it. But it's, this is the way I see it because you have the story. We'll go back to the story of Naomi and Naomi is feeling abandoned by God and tells her daughter-in-laws, please, please just leave. Like, go live your life. I'm no good. And she has one daughter-in-law, Ruth, that stays with her. And together, they they help each other survive. And, you know, they're bouncing off of each other. Ruth is like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to follow the people that are cutting the harvest and anything they drop, I'll pick up for us so we can eat. We're not going to starve to death. And then um, she finds favor with somebody by doing that. And so then, so she does that for Naomi. And then Naomi is like, oh, Boaz has um, recognized you. So do this. He's going to be here tonight. Go there and basically propose. It's complicated, but basically go to him when he's tired after he's done with work and propose marriage to him. And so like they're, they're helping each other and they're supporting each other. And like I said, from that, we get the father of Jesse, who is the father of David. And um, from, from that exchange. And if you look at King Saul, which is a very interesting story in this particular instance, Saul has like gotten rid of all the, the psychic mediums, all the witches, all the, the prophets of other gods from his land through jail or death. He's dismissed all of them. And then Saul is feeling abandoned by God. You know, um, armies are rising against him. Um, he can't get rid of this David kid. Um, and David keeps getting the bet, the, upper hand of him to the extent of multiple times David could have killed him without Saul even knowing. And like David lets him know, like, no, you're God's anointed. That's the only reason I didn't kill you, but I can like, you know, like here's the spear that I would have done it with and you wouldn't have known like, um, and so like Saul's praying and praying and calling out to God and, and, um, not, not hearing anything to the extent that he, disguises himself and he he asks around like i know that that the king got rid of all the psychic mediums and all the witches but is there one that i could talk to and they don't know that it's king saul and they lead um him to the the witch of endor and um basically she's like no i can't do any um medium stuff i can't do any spiritual stuff you're gonna get me killed he's like no i trust me everything's gonna be fine and so she calls up the prophet Samuel. I think it was. Oh, shoot. I should probably know that. I think it's Samuel. Um, and then basically Samuel th- is not the answer that um, Saul is looking for because Samuel's like, no, God left you, man. I don't know what to tell you. Like he, he told you he was going to leave you and he did. And so you're, you're screwed, man. I don't know what to tell you. Um, and so Saul is distraught. And so the, the witch that all of her friends and people of her profession and spirituality were either killed or in jail, hears that Saul is doomed. And she's like, you look very tired here. Please rest. You look hungry. Eat, eat food. Like, do you need to take care of yourself? And so I was like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. And then 
basically um, she appeals to like Saul's men, like, come on. Like he's clearly very weak and very tired. He needs help. He needs support. And so they get, um, so she goes and she kills her fatted calf. Now a fatted calf is something that people have for special occasions. So if the calf calf was already fat fattened, she was probably saving it for something and she killed it for, for Saul to, to help to comfort him because he was so lost and abandoned by God. And this was somebody that he, he would have had killed if she did, if she was ever found out before, before this, you know, you have the, the good Samaritan just laying beaten, probably feeling very abandoned by God. And then, you know, the Samaritan comes and takes care of them. And even to the extent of Jesus is on the cross my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why am I alone? And the other people, everyone's making fun of him, including one of the, the thieves. And then the other thief is like, hey, you're here and I'm here for a reason. We're terrible people. We did bad things. We deserve this. This man did nothing and he's suffering. So like basically like shut your mouth show some respect. Obviously this goes, went down a lot different because they're dying and nailed to a piece of wood and suffocating. But, but, but that's the exchange. So like Jesus is alone. Like you've, you've left me, you've forgotten me. And then there's someone there to be like, no man, you don't deserve this. And you know what? Just, I don't need, don't even, don't save me. Don't do anything. Just, you know, if you're going where you say you're going and it's paradise, just remember me, just think of me just, and Jesus says, well, you'll be with me there today. And so um, that's our role. Our role is to not to convince someone that they're not abandoned by God, not to um, prove anything right or wrong. It's just to be there with people, right? Like if someone's if someone's feeling abandoned, like feel abandoned with them, show them grace, show them love, show them that, yeah, it, there's no difference between being abandoned and feeling abandoned, but you know what, I'm here for you. And maybe I'm here because God abandoned you, or maybe God didn't abandon you. And that's why I'm here. But either way, I'm here. I'm not judging you because I feel where you're coming from. I feel, I felt this before. I feel it right now. The only reason I'm not feeling it right now is because I'm helping you and helping you helps me. So, um, because nothing that we could say or do will ever stop us from feeling abandoned by God. It just, if, if Elijah and John the Baptist feel abandoned by God, like if Solomon in all his wisdom feels abandoned by God, like how, how are we not going to, if Abraham feels abandoned by God, people from Genesis all the way through revelation feel abandoned by God. So there's nothing we could do to change that. We're always going to feel that way. Um, and so, um, but in the end, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we are abandoned or if we just feel that way because the end result's the same. So all we could do is just be there for each other um, and know that we're all going through the same struggles and uh, we'll to just be there um, for each other with grace and understanding and without judgment uh, to help each other through it because after all, we're all fighting the same battle. So, um, that's the talk. And so please, um, I would love to hear your thoughts or questions or have conversations. Um, so thank you all for tuning in and sticking with me. I saw the more you talk about, um, God abandoning us, the more the numbers were dropping. <laughs> uh, and there was one person that was very upset that, um, Jay was celebrating his, 
daughter's birthday um, after she recovered from COVID. So people, I know this talk wasn't for everybody, but thank you for, um, for sticking it out um, because this is something that I've been struggling with. And um, a lot of people I know have been struggling uh, with it. And so just like um, my quest with mental health issues, uh, I want to destigmatize feeling abandoned by God um, because there's no way to fix it. There's only, we, all we could do is power through. And the only way we could do that is uh, with each other. So if anyone has any thoughts they want to throw around, let me um, scroll through some of these comments um, and then see where we, where we go. Um, Bible verses that give me strength. Um, so um, Charlie, um, I, in terms of Bible, um, Bible verses that give me strength, um, there are not too many of them because um, stories of the Bible give me more strength than standalone verses. Um, so, but like the verse of that, um, how suffering leads to um, endurance, endurance leads to um, understanding, understanding builds character and character gives you hope. That gives me um, some strength because that shows that suffering goes through a whole bunch of stuff and the outcome is character and hope. Uh, so that that does. But um, overall, um, Bible stories give me more um, more strength than, than verses. Um, Zoe, um, they said Psalm 88. So uh, we could look into that. Um, uh, yes, Charlie. Like the the teachings would do more for me than than specific um, verses. So um, I'm glad people like the Futurama stuff. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah. So as a Canadian, I can confirm that the Bible says that God is a black Canadian lesbian. <laughs> um, so um, my favorite color is the color pink because um i think it's just a happy color so i'll take any happiness that i can so um steve i'm glad that you uh you liked it so uh oh steve brings up a very good point um you know just being with someone when they feel abandoned um feel abandoned with them just like Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God is with us, not rescuing us, not fixing us, but with us. That's great. Um, <laughs> Zoe said, Chris, uh, my pal that um, they're watching with says, it's a good message. It's good to finally hear someone say that God has left you. And it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's true. That's, I don't know enough about it to say, yes or no, but I do know scriptures were saying that God said, Hey, I abandoned you. Um, I scripture does that same scripture says, I'm not going to do it again, but I mean, I don't, I, who am I to say what God means and, and everything. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I think I want to take the stigma out of all of this and just be, um, open and honest because that's the only way we're going to to get through it. And we'll never find any answers. Uh, I don't think on, um, and when we do come up with, uh, find answers, odds are we're going to be, um, not of this earth anymore. So unless, 
King Saul has a medium summon us uh, like a like a force ghost. You know, we won't be able to really share that. Um, so all we could do is just be there with each other and for each other. So um, there we go. Good stuff, guys. Thank you. Thank you. But, so we'll give it a, a few more minutes if anyone. Um, oh, a force ghost is uh, from Star Wars. If you know, that's when um, like Obi-Wan or Yoda, they appear as a, a ghost. It's a force ghost. That's a, I was referencing back to my Obi-Wan uh, mention. So Force Ghost is from Star Wars, in which they just come back as a, a, a spectral form of themselves. They don't seem to be able to interact with anything, but they have knowledge and they can um, talk. Oh, no. In Last Jedi, Yoda as a Force Ghost sets fire to something. So... <laughs> um, so there, there we have it. So um, I guess we will, we'll call it a day. Everyone go enjoy your Sunday. Um, thank you very much for um, hanging out with me uh, for the great comments and chat. And um, I'm sure Jay will be back next week unless something unforeseen comes up. Um, but the, just again to clarify, this was um, very much in the works for like um, for over a week that I was going to talk today. So because um, it's birthday, it's a birthday. So um, everybody, thank you. And we will. Um, Jay is gold. So excellent. Zoe, Chris, enjoy your day. Terry, enjoy your day. Victoria, Steve, everyone, enjoy your day. Enjoy your Sunday. Thank you again um, for hanging out and we will um, talk soon. Thanks everyone. Take care. Bye. for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.